0: We find ourselves today in the fourth season of Lent, and I want to remind you that in the first three weeks, we, we've learned that God attends to us by the angels present in our life and the people around us. That we, In the second week, we learned about the instruction and how we, too, must listen to God's instruction in our life. and that third week, we learned that God wants us to look for God in the world. Today, I believe God is speaking to our core, that as we journey through Lent, God is wanting us to examine the very core of our relationship with him. So hear these words from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light. And it will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. So that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts, that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we, as your people, have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Every day, I walk into my office, flip on one light, and I walk over to the filing cabinet. And on that filing cabinet sits a lamp that's very special to me. It's, it's made out of a, a broken piece of archery equipment that I created, and the piece broke, and my friend took it, and he created a lamp out of it. And it reminds me of the brokenness of the human spirit until God gets in us. And you turn on the light, and the light shines, that even through our brokenness, God shines. Well, every day I turn that light on as a, remember, as a, a memory to me, a, a reminder that God is with me in all that I do. But the, there's a problem. You see, my, my filing cabinet's about that tall, and then the lamp's about this tall, and the switch is right below the bulb. Well, being six foot four, every day I look down into the light. And I find the switch, and I turn the switch, and I don't know why, but every day I watch the light come on. Do you know what happens when you look at a light bulb when it comes on? There's an old rock song called Blinded by the Light, and you are blinded by the light. And so I walk from my office and I'm going, I don't think I can see for a few minutes, right? Because we're blinded by the light. Today, our scripture is a scripture that is so wrote to us. I can ask you to quote John 3, 16, and you can quote it just, it's the very core being of our, script, of our, ta- of our, our faith. In fact, Martin Luther says that it's the description of the Christian faith in a nutshell, But the problem is, we've taken 316 out of context. And we need to look at the context that surrounds our great scripture of faith. Because you see, Jesus is speaking, and the story is told that just as Moses is lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. We don't quote that scripture. We don't quote that scripture at all because I'm not sure we understand what it means when Moses lifted the serpent up in the desert. You see, what had happened was the people of Israel had sinned against God and God had passed judgment on them. And he had sent the plague of serpents upon them. Now, I know a young lady who goes to this congregation who would be completely terrified if she was in in the uh, plague of the snakes. She would be completely terrified. In fact, she wouldn't even like the lifted up snake that Moses created and lifted up on a pole. But God, the people cried out and said, Moses, you need to pray to God and get rid of these snakes because they're biting us. And what we get from them kills us. So Moses went before God and prayed to God and said, God, our people are suffering. And God said, you tell every one of them bitten by a snake, you create a snake and you lift it up on a pole. And you tell everyone who's bitten by that snake to come and look. At the snake that's lifted up. And if they'll look at that snake that's lifted up on the pole, they'll be healed. Some say that's a precursor to the Christ being lifted on the cross. What I want to say is that it's obedience. Obedience from God for God's humanity, but also for God's humanity to be obedient unto God. You see, what we have to understand today is that God loves humanity. God doesn't want to destroy humanity. God doesn't want you living in dark times. God wants you to be a vessel like my light is a vessel. The man who created it has no idea how important that lamp is to my spiritual journey. It reminds me of my brokenness, but when I switch that light on, it reminds me of what God's done in my life since my brokenness. What God does every day in my life, in spite of my brokenness. It's one of the greatest spiritual instruments I can have in my office, because it reminds me of my relationship with Jesus. And what a way to start today, right? To turn on the light, be blinded a little bit, but be reminded that God is good and God works through for good in all situations. And today we're hearing that this, the, the snake had to be lifted up so that people could be healed. God found a way to heal God's people. God spoke to Moses and said, if you'll just have them be obedient, How many of us are obedient to what we understand God calling us to? Now, I'm going to tell you that I have a friend. His name's Mike. It's not really his name, but his name is Mike for this story. And the first time I heard about my friend was about a week before I moved his wife out of their house into a small apartment. And to say that I heard anything good about Mike might be an understatement. Because my my wife... And my friend's wife were good friends. They worked together. And their marriage had fallen completely apart. And all I had heard was her side of the story. And being the big rescuer that I was back then, long before my ministry time, my wife said, would you help us? And I said, well, sure, I'll help her. And I rode in on my white horse and we backed the pickup and trailer up and we got her furniture and we moved her into her small apartment. And the whole time I heard about Mike, Needless to say, I walked away from there not thinking very highly of my friend Mike. Well, then one weekend, I decide that I'm going to go to a place and kind of a men's retreat in And I see Mike. And I'm visiting with Mike and I talk to Mike and we're very superficial with one another. We know each other because our wife and his ex-wife work together. We know who one another are in the community. And then I find out Mike's on the leadership team. Not the Mike I know. Not the Mike I want to be around. Not the Mike that I understand. But something happened to Mike. Something happened to Mike that moved Mike from the Mike from the person he was to the person he now is. And Mike spoke. And one of the scriptures Mike used was, For God so loved the world that whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And Mike spoke about a relationship with a man named Jesus. Mike spoke about believing in the Christ and how God can redeem our lives. It didn't sound like the mic. I knew it all. I didn't know who this mic was, but it moved me. It moved me, it grew me spiritually, and I began to listen to Mike. And what I understood Mike to say was, God loves you. God loves you right where you are. In spite of your past, in spite of what's gone on, in spite of your selfishness, God loves you. God so loved what? God so loved the world. God loved the world. God made provision for the world. Do you understand that? There's nothing God wants more than to have a relationship with humanity. And you are a part of God's humanity. God so loves, so let's replace the world. God so loves you. That he was willing to allow the world to crucify his son. Because of their arrogance. Because of their ignorance. Because of their pride. Because of their need for control. We can go on... Numerous reasons why the public wanted to crucify Jesus. And God allowed that to happen. And God said, never again will there be another sacrifice. Never again will there be an ancient sacrifice. We talked last week about how Jesus wrecked the temple because people were preparing for sacrifice. And he was saying to them, a new new way has come. Never again will an animal be sacrificed in replacement for the love that I have for humanity. God sent his one and only son because God loves us. That if we but believe, now the Israelites believed that if they would look at the snake, they would be healed. They believed the word of Moses that had come from God. How about us? Do we just put our bumper sticker on our car that says John 3.16? Or do we watch our TV and we see behind the field goal where some guy's holding up a sign and it says John 3.16? Or we put it on our our eye glare or our tennis shoes or whatever we're doing so that we can get a little fame time. And it says we're a Christian. But then our behavior denies what we're proclaiming. Do we take our faith like a bumper sticker theology? Or do we take our faith and we understand that it's about a genuine relationship that goes deeper than any human relationship we can have. That's what Mike was saying that day. That God wants to have a relationship with you that's deeper than any of your understanding. That God knows you. God God created humanity. How can God not know humanity? And God said to humanity, I love you. We focus so much on 16, we forget about 17. 17. 17 says, Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Why would God want to shatter what God created? Why would God want to shatter what God created? God's working to bring the world together. God's working to bring humanity together. God does not like division. God does not want division. I'm sure there are tears from heaven about what's going on on earth right now. Humanity has moved so far away from intimate relationship with one another. We judge one another. Judge not, lest ye yourself be judged, but we judge. God doesn't need to judge us, God wants to love us. And the relationship with Jesus is not about judgment. Please hear me say that. There is nothing Nothing, nothing you have ever done that would make God love you less than the day that God created you. Nothing. And the offer to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, to look up and believe. That's all he's asking. All you have to do is believe that God loves humanity and you're a part of that humanity. And forever you'll be in relationship. Will you be perfect? No. Not even close to perfect. But you'll always have God with you. God moves to love you so that you can love others. God moves so that you can, you can be in relationship, not that you're condemned, but that you're saved. You see, that's what happened to my friend Mike. Mike was so far down the wrong path, living life for himself. He's a good guy. I mean, if you met him, you'd like him. He's, a, he's an incorrigible, wonderful guy that likes to meet people and just is a great outgoing guy. He loves the outdoors. But inside, he was living for Mike. And he was using people right and left. And he was seeking his own personal gratification to build himself up until he met Jesus. Until he met Jesus and he understood that all those good gifts that could manipulate people for his own satisfaction, God wanted to use them to share the love of Christ with others to get others to look into the eyes of Christ and see that their love, no matter where they are in their lives, no matter what they've done, no matter who they've cheated, no matter who they've lied to, no matter what they've said, no matter whose shoulders they've stood on to empower themselves, God says, if you'll look up and believe that I love you enough to allow my son to die for you, that you'll be with me forever. Forever you'll be with me. He's not here to condemn you. He's here to save you. He's here to make you more than you ever dreamed about being. He's here to give you more than you've ever thought about having. He's here so that you know a love deeper than you can fathom. I've always wanted to hear human beings describe love. Because I don't think we can even touch. Touch on what it means to be in love with one another. I I, I don't think we can touch what it means to be in love with one another the way that God is in love with humanity. I remember when Mary and I were going through our courtship. We had to go to an engaged encounter. We were married in the Catholic Church. She was a devout Catholic back then until I corrupted her and made her a disciple of Christ. (laughs) She was a devout Catholic, and so we went to the engaged encounter. And we had to write to each other about what it meant to love one another. We were 20 years old. You want to talk about some superficial writing? Superficial writing. Cinderella kind of stuff. You know? A little little house with a white picket fence, all that kind of stuff. And not even able to, willing to engage in what depth means. We were listening to an old country song this week on the way to Amarillo. We went for our granddaughter's birthday. And we were listening to a country song and country song called i remember when and it talked about all these different things in life and i looked over there and she was driving and i was riding and there were big old tears running down her face and boy the berry from the old would go oh god (laughs) it just brought back all those memories all that pain i'm in deep trouble why did we listen to this song because it was my choice right and she said this i loved it she said this she said You know, used to this song would have hurt me to my core. But I'm so happy we're thirty eight years in. And I know this song is all about us and the deep love we share, the maturity of love. And for for us to have that moment, I mean both of us by then were just, you know, tears running down our face. We had the radio go. I remember when, he said. When we danced, when we kissed, when we laughed, when we cried. And all those special memories of our relationship. And behind every one of those memories is 38 years of love, a grounding of love, but a love that comes from the heavenly father, not a, a love that's made handmade by humankind. And that's what God means when he says, my son didn't come to condemn you. He come to save you. He came to help you understand what true love is what it means to be in relationship, not just with one another, but with God, because God's love is greater than anything we can fathom, anything at all. But last week, God said something to us about seeing God out in the world. You know, recently, my friend Mike and I, we hadn't seen each other in years and years and years and years. And I noticed on my Instagram account, somebody wanted to be my friend. It was Mike. So we reconnected through Instagram and and a friend of mine who happens to be in one of my accountability groups. He's friends with Mike now and has been for a long, long time. And so I I got to catch up on who Mike is nowadays. Mike hadn't slipped. Mike's still praising Jesus and doing good things for the world. Mike's still doing what it is God's called Mike to do, to be a witness unto the world. You see, because the last part of the scripture talks about what we're supposed to do with our relationship from God. God doesn't say, if you believe, you'll have eternal life. Go rest, young son. Go rest, young daughter. Your work is done. God says, believe, and you will be with me for eternity. But you are called to be a light unto the world. You are called to go And love others as you have been loved by me, like it or not. Like it or not, God loves you and God's asking you to go and be a light unto the world. To go and share your goodness with other people. To go and share that other people can be loved just like you love. But here's the tricky part if you read the scripture. God asked us to go into those places of darkness we'd rather not go. Is there somebody you don't want to hang around with? Is somebody crossing your path that you're kind of making a wide curve so they don't? God's bringing that person into your path for a reason. Because you have a light to shine. You have a love to express. You have the ability to change somebody's life because you're willing to share what God has done with you. Mike changed my life. I am who I am today. Please hear that. I am who I am today because Mike's witness got my attention and got me started to turn around. Mike made a huge difference in my life. Mike wrote a comment to me one day, and I had put something up on, on Instagram sharing about the love of God. And he says, Barry, you have grown so much since we first met. Well, duh. If I was still that guy, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. But it's because of some of the things you said, Mike. You were instrumental in turning me around. You were instrumental in sharing the light of Christ. You were instrumental in having me revisit what it means to be loved by God. You were instrumental when I heard, for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son so that you might not die, but that you'll have life eternally. And that life is to be lived upon this earth, loving others as you have been loved. But you must take it to the places where I take you. You must take it to the people I bring into your life. You must share that light in the darkness. A little boy was getting ready for bed. And his dad told him to go brush his teeth. And that little stubborn boy said, I'm not doing it. Y'all have kids like that? I'm not doing it. And he said, oh, yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. You know how they can be when they're little. They stick their tongue out and they pout. I'm not doing it. Then you're going straight to bed. I hate you, Daddy. That's okay. You're going to brush your teeth and then you're going to go to bed. No, I'm not. I hate you, Daddy. Yes, you are. The little boy goes and he brushes his teeth and he crawls back in his bed. Goes to bed like his daddy said. And his daddy said, baby, I love you. The little boy said, don't say that. He said, why? Because I hate you right now. And he said, son. You can say whatever you want. But you'll never change how much I love you. We can never change how much God loves us. But we must be willing, just like that father, even in those trying times, to continue to shine the light. Lots of dads would have got mad and yelled right back at that kid. Lots of dads would have done things to that kid that can't be said in here or shouldn't be said in here. But that dad, even though his child was saying how much he despised him, said, I love you. Isn't that what God calls us to do? To walk over to the lamp? To look where the switch is and know what's coming and turn the light on anyway. Turn it on anyway and shine the light wherever you go. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have ever life. But he did not come into this world to condemn this world. He came into the world to save the world. Let us, those who have encountered the Christ in the fullest and believe, go into the world and shine the light. Amen and amen.